Hola. This is a podcast for those people that are always feeling like they're in the middle. People that struggle with the many dualities of this world. Coño. Because we aren't just one thing. We are multifaceted and complex. I am Sharon Cox, and you are listening to Look Who's Tuckin'. Hola, welcome back to Look Who's Tuckin'. If you are new, sean muy bienvenidos. I am Sharon Cox, your host forever. This will never change, I'm yours. Today, we are talking about identity, and we have a very special guest, my good Judy, my sister, Kalana Blue is with us today. Hi. Hi, welcome to Look Who's Tuckin' with Sharon Cox. I'm so happy to see what you're tucking. Nope, nope, that will not be displayed. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to see what we're tucking together. Oh, I'm okay with that. Because this sir who stick together, tuck together. Oh, I like um, that. I know, right? That's cute. We should make t-shirts. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. going to be our first t-shirt. Um, <laughs> so uh, Kalana Blue is a, a drag queen like myself, a drag entertainist from Auburn, Alabama. Tell We're us a eagle, little bit about I guess. You. Oh, I oh, no, I don't know. So, okay, so I'm horrible at uh, football, baseball, whatever that is, football, football. <laughs> So I don't know. In Alabama, it's such a sports like state. Oh my God, aren't they? Yeah, like they they like fight over it, especially like between Auburn and Alabama. The fights are like crazy. Some bad fights are like Auburn and LSU. L- L- anybody L- LSU? I'm sorry. When it- LSU fans go on the road, they are bad. <laughs> Well, with big, they're good though. They're good. Are they as good as Alabama? I'm not sure. Not this year. <laughs> See, I don't even know. Like, ask me about Drag Race. Ask me about like, um, what's that TV show I've been watching? Um, it's so great. I don't remember the name of it. Um, see, there's this hot teacher at school who's like this daddy, and mm-hmm. he is all about football. So if we want to talk about anything, it's football. So. I read the little sports pages in my newspaper every morning uh-huh. so we can have something to talk about. So you can about. have a conversation with a daddy. Also, <laughs> tell the listeners, you are a teacher. Tell the listeners yes. about that. Um, I teach middle school, 11 and 12-year-olds. That's an adventure girl. They, oof, they are are all they? Dis- they're all about discovering themselves, which is great. Which, honestly, I think in this day and age is a lot harder Maybe than it was in our day and age. I think, I think it's, it's because maybe like options. I don't know. Oversaturation. Oversaturation. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? Like there are like all these labels, and it's like, where do I fit in? Who am I? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's like all these options that these kids get to pick and choose from, and then half of them, you know, don't even realize it. Not at not at the age I teach. Maybe a few years from now, they they'll start questioning. But the ones that I teach now that start questioning, they get it. Like. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think that's one of the things that we want to talk about today, identity. Um, so identity could be many things. And I think you see that on the kids a lot. And we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. But I want to get to know Kalana. I mean, I know Kalana. <laughs> Do I know Kalana? But our listeners would like to get to know Miss Kalana Blue. What is the origin of your drag name? Okay, so I love this story. And people love this story when I tell it. 
So it was like a rainy Sunday afternoon and Cora was like, we're all bored. Let me put you in drag. And I was like, bet. I've always wanted to know, like, what would I look like as a drag queen? Mm -hmm. I was a senior in college. I was like, honestly, it's now or never. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she puts me in drag and I'm like, okay, this can be a thing. Like, how do we do this? And she goes, well, you need a name. And I was like, well, how do I pick a name? And she goes, well, your last name has to be blue because my last name is blue. And then Cora being bougie as Cora is, was like, my first name starts with a C. So your first name has to start with a C. And I was like, what? I don't want to be like Caitlin or something like that. You know, not (laughs) Caitlin blue. Right. No, like that doesn't. mm -mm. And so at the time, and maybe I still should be, I was prescribed Klonopins and those are little blue pills. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Kalana, blue. And blue. I like it. I like she it a lot. She was born. So you said, um, Cora. Tell people who Cora is. So Cora's my drag mother. Cora started drag, I think, around, um, I don't know. She's a few years older than me, drag-wise. Um, and <laughs> Let, age-wise, drag too, wise. honey. <laughs> age- no, I'm just kidding. Love you, Mom. But she had been doing drag for a few years. And then um, I think in like Orlando and maybe, uh, I don't know why I want to say Pennsylvania, but maybe, I don't know. Pensacola? Um, no, not Pensacola. Nope. It okay. was like the East Coast. Um, and then moved back. I think she's originally from Alabama. So she just mm-hmm. moved back home, um, all that fun stuff. And then, like I said, the rainy Saturday afternoon and it was history. She became mom. I had been going because she had, she was booked at Pockets at the time in Mm -hmm. Auburn. Ooh, Pockets, girl. Those were the days. Pocket. I remember Pockets with an S. Multiple. It was was a pool hall. Oh. But in the back room, there was a stage and we used the stage for a drag show. They put the gays in the pockets. They put the gays in the back room, honey. Yes. With no air conditioning and a bar that did not have the little the little gun, the little, mm-hmm. so you had to have the canned drinks. Yep. <laughs> that, that seems like a lot of fun, actually. It, I seems mean, like you, you guys had, have some stories from that. It, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but I would go to the shows and watch, you know, I was a regular, I mm-hmm. love drag shows. I remember the first time I saw a drag queen, I was like, that's a thing. You can do that. Um, you can dress as a lady. What is this? What is this? I thought I'm in Gamora. <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was fun. Pockets was an adventure. And I think that, you know, like we all have those moments where we have those stories of the, of the bars that we started at or, Mm -hmm. or those little, you know, holes in the wall that sometimes our city have. And and those are our very first gay bar that we ever went to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can still smell the cigarette smoke in the air. Because back then you could smoke. Because you still could smoke. Back in the the day you used to smoke uh, in the bars. And I remember sneaking out of my parents' house. I was just graduated from high school and I sneak out of my parents' house told them I was um when I when they found out I told them I was I was at a friend's house but I went to the quest on a Sunday night and saw my first drag show there and it was none other than Miss Genesis from Tuscaloosa oh yeah she was performing there uh so yeah that was my first time ever watching a drag show and now she's my drag mother that's so weird oh my god Uh, that's cool though I love that story that's that's all right it's an all right story um (laughs) Girl, I so, was 16. Oh, I wasn't that and young. Said, 
and said that I was spending the night with my best friend, which I mean, I did end up spending the night with him because I couldn't go home after the Uh gay bar. Like, no. And so it was called Imagination in Dothan. It was. Oh, wow. It spoiled me, honestly. It was great. It was literally the best gay bar I've ever been to in my life. So you went from imaginations to pockets. I I went from imagination to stir. (laughs) And if anybody from Auburn knows stir, those were the days, honey. I loved stir. Nice, nice. Uh, So what is the first thing you do when you get out of drag? Because after those long nights at, you know, pockets uh, where there's no AC and no no makeup, uh, what is the first thing you take off? Like, what is the first thing you get out of? My eyelashes. Eyelashes. Like, they have to go. A lot of people do that. They have to go. Like, I love them. Like, they honestly complete a look. Like I can put a whole mug on and not have oh, lashes on absolutely. and it'd be like, and then lashes will make you look, if you don't have lashes, that like, will make you look like a mold rat. You will oh. look like a mold rat. <laughs> Your eyes will look beady, tiny. It's, it's not, it's not cute. But then as soon as the night's over, like, I think it's just cause I have hooded eyes and mm-hmm. baby, I sweat. And so it gets in my eyes and like they start in my eyes and I'm like, Got to go. Goodbye. For me, it's my nails. Because the thing is, after you come out of the drag room, so let's say you don't get completely out of drag. After mm-hmm. you come out of the drag, people want pictures. So I can always hide my hands if mm. I took my nails off, but I yep. can't hide my mole rod eyes. Unless something is going on with my face, mm-hmm. like sweating my eyebrows off cracking. or cracking or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking this mug off until I get to the house. <laughs> I, just, I love it. No, there's not. nothing better than taking your makeup off in the shower. Uh, nobody else can tell me any With different. some coconut oil. Not oil. <laughs> <laughs> so um, walk us a little bit through your drag process. Like what, what, do you, what do you do when you're getting in drag? Even, even when it comes from like mentally getting in drag before a show. It all starts honestly with like a nice hot steamy shower. Mm-hmm. Like, cause obviously I gotta shave the man away, honey. Nobody wants a sinky queen. Nobody wants to smell me. And so, like, I run the water heater out. Like <laughs> I'm in the shower. You're not not being that person. Nobody else can oh. take a hot shower in your house. Listen, we have two water heaters at my house. I can run at least one of them dry. It's <laughs> Um, and so like, you know, a nice hot shower with a good playlist. Kylie Minogue is mm-hmm. my boo right now. So I'll put her on, you know, got some exfoliation going on. Just getting into the, I guess, mindset of I'm about to have to entertain a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Getting getting in that in that mindset of trying to trying to be the social butterfly. 100 percent Are you a social butterfly outside of drive? I'm definitely an introvert that functions as an extrovert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's funny because a lot of drag queens are like that. A lot of drag queens are not their drag persona outside of drag. And even though I'm not necessarily sharing when I'm out of drag, it's not, it's a blur line for me. I really don't. I think that both of our mm. personalities are very similar. I think sharing allows me, when I'm sharing, I'm allowed to be a little more crass and cross that line. But 100%. Um, <laughs> 100% you do. <laughs> so, I mean, that's me. 100%. Oh, oh I, thought you were, I thought you were just coming because, to me. Because like, w- like, 
you know, I have to be a, as Mr. M. I have to be a teacher. So mm-hmm. like that professional persona. Mr. M. Ooh. I know that professional persona, and then turn around and be Kalana. I can be as nasty as I want to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I like that name, Mr. M. <laughs> it sounds a little dominatrixy. <laughs> may, may, wish. I wish. I wish. Yeah. Whatever. Um. So I have a. Two more questions. So who is your biggest influence in drag? And that person does not have to be in drag, but who is your biggest influence for Kalana? For the persona Kalana, Mm -hmm. the biggest influence would have to be like the Southern housewife, like the literally the hostess with the mostest. Like Mm -hmm. she is going to say hello to you if you were at one of her shows before the show starts because she's going to say hello to every person in that bar because I treat, it's like the bar is like my living room. Like mm-hmm. it's my house. Like, and Gonna so- get you some sweet tea, baby. 100% if I had a kitchen, I'd be back there cooking food. Like- I'm making some ha- handmade biscuits. <laughs> um, would you like some uh, butter and some jam for those? Do you put jam and biscuits? Am I oh, British I now? jam and biscuits. Okay, last question <laughs> of the interrogation. What is the most- embarrassing experience you have had in drag i think it would have to be also the first time i was in drag like my very first drag performance because Mm -hmm. i was on stage i was working at honey and there were these fans on stage like the industrial ones like they had a pride like the circle ones with the metal yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i I know what you're talking about yes um but there were like four of them on stage and so the song starts and it starts slow and so i'm like crouched down in front of one of the fans and i'm like working it honey you know feeling my fantasy and then i go to get up and my fishnets catch on the fan and i'm like no and so like and just my brain in an instant i just kick it you kick the fan the fan goes flying off the stage into the crowd cut somebody in the head well what's funny was okay so you know anybody who's ever started drag you know when you it's your first drag performance you're the last performer of the night Mm because you're hot spotting Yeah. yeah Hot show spots. Is, oh gosh. The show days. is done. Uh-huh. You know, everybody's drunk. They're kind of over it, honestly. And so this baby drag queen comes on stage and nobody's really paying attention. So I guess the most embarrassing <laughs> and the most wonderful moment at the same time happened because I kicked the fan off the stage into the crowd and everybody yeah. started paying attention. And uh, <laughs> they were like, okay, work. And then I got I started getting tipped. Mm, and I y'all listen like, to me. um so we are talking today about identity 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 when you hear identity what do you what what do you hear because i want to you know for different people it might mean it might mean different things and for different um communities it means different things um so we're going to talk about identity as a general concept but also i want to put it in the perspective of the lgbt community but identity when you hear identity what is the first thing that comes to kalana's mind or mr m (laughs) i'm never gonna live that down no Mm -mm. Uh -uh. (laughs) ma'am identity honestly comes to mind like who am i Mm -hmm. like why am i here what is all this about like what's going on 
Yeah. So know. the dictionary, of course, I, I, I make you I make you come up with your one words and then I try to sign smart by um, reading a, a dictionario. Um, Google. Uh, <laughs> I am a simple woman. Okay, so the fact of being who and what a person is, okay? So it's very simple. It's a very simple kind of meaning. But I think that identity is not such a simple topic. Uh, and it hasn't been a simple topic for years. But uh, but I think right now in our days, it's even more complicated. I, I, I did a little research and um, I read that, you know, the three simplest words are the most complicated. And those three simple words are who am I? In Espanol, quién soy yo? You philosophers and poets have always struggled with that. And you see it in a lot of poetry and a lot of um, uh, literature where the idea of who you are is questioned. So like, who are you? Is it, it's a measure physically? Is it a measure intellectually? Is it a measure by who you are at the moment or who you were 10 years ago? And um, sometimes you, socially. Correct. Socially. Um, uh, like uh, how does the world perceive me? Correct. Correct. And so I found this, um, which we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. And, and it's it's actually very insightful in a way. It is a, um, uh, I'm not saying this name right. I promise I'm not saying it right. But the, the Greek historian Plutard, 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 Plutarch, Plutard, <laughs> um, <laughs> He I was used... trying not to laugh, but you can, you can, you can. This is this is what this podcast is about: being in the middle and not knowing what the middle is. Um, so the story, use the story of a ship, uh, of a ship. Sorry, um, the ship of Theseus, who was the founder of Athens and also the king of Athens. He killed the Minotaur. You know, if, if you if you've heard any Greek stories, you've heard those stories of uh, of Theseus in that in that voyage where he kills Minotaur and comes back triumphant to the city of Athens. They the people of Athens, Athenians. Uh, look at me saying words. Um, they <laughs> they maintain his ship, right? And um, they reenacted for thousands of years. Like I'm talking about thousands. This is not like Disneyland being 50 years old. We're talking thousands of years. They reenacted the journey that Theseus took to kill the Minotaur and come back to Athens and save Athens. Um, and so through the years, the ship kind of breaks down, right? And they have to change mast or they have to change a, a plank of wood on one side or this and that. And so the question is, is that still Theseus' ship? Because it might have the name of Theseus' ship, but it no longer carries any of the original parts. But it's still being used as a legacy for Theseus. So like when we go through our lives and we go through different events and events that are life-changing, sickness, marriage, um, you know, you win the lottery or your job or um, mental health, moving. A moving uh, issues with your family, things in your life will change. Therefore, they will change who you are slowly. So are you the same person that you were 50 years from now? And that's very kind of like intense to think about. Because, I hope not, though. Well, it, 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 but it, it kind of is. And I'll tell you why I think it's, it's, it's intense. Because, yeah, my name is Sharon Cox. Um, when Sharon Cox started, 
Sharon Cox is not the same drag queen that she was when she was, you know, when she started nine years ago. Yeah. So am I still Sharon Cox or am I still the same Sharon Cox? You know what I mean? And so that's what other, like a lot of these historians and, and poets kind of ponder on because who you were is who you are, but it does not reflect who you're going to be. You see but how complicated also, it can look be? At the, absolutely. But if you look at the ship, thinking back at the ship, I think about how, like my upbringing, mm -hmm. and I think about how I was raised basically in a cult, Southern Baptist, Christianity denomination. Yep. My parents were very racist. Like my mother would not go down an aisle at Walmart because there were black people down, mm -hmm. like that wow. bad, like it was bad. And so I feel like when I went to college, I feel like my ship kind of changed a little bit mm -hmm. because like, obviously my world opened, my eyes were expanded, you know, immersed in a world that was, you know, not what I grew up in, which is what I needed, mm -hmm. obviously. So I think I'm still me. But the parts have just improved. An evolved version of who and you were. And I had morphosized and crystallized. Crystallized and, you know, like a cocoon. <laughs> like a cocoon. If you don't know what that is from, I need you to watch Jasmine Masters on RuPaul's Drag Race. So identity takes many forms. Um, mm. And right now in our times, we have many... I don't want to call it options because it seems like we're shopping for identities, but there's many avenues in which our identity can steer. Um, look at me talking like I'm a teacher. I'm like, yo, mio. <laughs> I'm um, going to get you to come sub for me. So I don't, oh my goodness. Okay, you're like, you're, you're going to start talking with an accent and it's going to be great. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. This podcast is I'm allowing myself to have an accent and I'm allowing myself to say words wrong because that is who I am. Yo soy así y nadie me va a change. You got it? You got it? Spanglish. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, we have many avenues in which our identity can evolve and change. And so in the LGBT community, identity is a major pillar, right? Because who we are, who we love, who we discover that we are in the process of discovering who we love and who we and, and who we identify as can and change. And who we are while who, we're in the process of finding out who we love. <laughs> oh gosh, this is, oh, it makes my head hurt. And then but, unlearning who we thought we were when we were raised. To become who we are. To become who we, like. Because of what we learn of who we love. <laughs> But yeah, so it's just one of those things that, you know, like for me, my identity is based of, you know, I am a gay, non-binary, Latine, Colombo, Venezuelan drag queen. And so that seems like a lot. And, 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 and I think it's important to say those words, identifiers out loud, because it allows us to, to, to have representation for other people. Mm -hmm. um, for the people who might not know who they are. But I think that we live in a world where you either are fully accepting of identifiers or you are completely against it. And so we are in this world where it's just like, you know, you have people who are against the LGBT community and everything that it stands for. And they're like, ah, there's just so much. I just don't know who and what and they and them and mm -hmm. this and that. And then you have other people who are like, no, only ask for pronouns only ask you know what i mean like and being it's such respectful a, like, and having boundaries right and it's such a polarizing world that we live in so like how how do you see that in young minds because i think that being being a teacher teaching kids um what are the ages 
like 11 and 12. So 11 and 12, where where they're starting to grasp and, mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, they've already absorbed everything or most everything. And they're starting to put in into um, into um, what's the word? I forgot. Well, they're starting, they're starting to develop their frontal lobes. So they're starting to like gather their own impression and their own interpretation. Oh, right. And they're putting stuff into into action. It's what, mm-hmm. what, what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting to. Um, have an out show of who they are. Um, so like, how do you see that in those kids and in your kids in, in particular that you teach music to? Mm. Like some kids, I'm very much open at school. Like there are rainbows in my classroom. I talk about my husband, like it's known around town that I am the drag queen teacher at the middle school. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. So the kids who are already learning about their identity in the LGBTQ world feel comfortable to come share that with me because they know it's a safe space. It's an open door. Yeah. Really. It's crazy because my teeth, my principal and I were talking today because she's in a diversity seminar and she goes, you know, all the time when we talk about diversity in education, we think race, we think we need to hire more POC teachers you know, Latina representation and teachers, like mm-hmm. they think about skin color, they don't think about, you know, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender yeah. expression. Like I could, before I had the conversation I had today with my principal, I could not imagine an out trans person in my city school, like a teacher, yeah, if yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, There are out that. trans students and I love that. Like they are out and proud and live their full fantasy. Mm-hmm. Their parents are 100% supportive and I love it. But there are no trans out trans teachers and, mm-hmm. you know, non-binary representing teachers. And my principal today was like, you know, it's a shame that there's not somebody in our staff that those people can see themselves in. And I was that's like- That's a full flesh adult who is, yes. you know, who is- uh, Successful. You know, has a career. Correct. Has a degree, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, There is a way out, you know, which is like we're talking about identity. It's a journey. Yeah. Because the identity that I had six years ago when I started drag is definitely not the identity that I have today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I completely understand. And I think that a lot of drag queens go through that where, um, you know, you have like for me, when I first started doing drag, it was spotlight i was a thespian i did theater a thespian 100 um and 100%. so I, I did it for the for the spotlight Vocal performance degree darling i get it <laughs> um so <laughs> so um then i started to question my identity and i started to have some sort of identity dysmorphia Um, which kind of still exists a little bit in me. It's one of those things where I feel comfortable with Sharon. I feel love the the way Sharon looks. And then I just go horrible and hard on Sam. I don't like the way Sam looks. By the way, Sam is my my government name. I feel like I just said it. Uh, Not your government name. (laughs) Government name. Uh, So yeah, so I, I then started questioning, am I trans? Because I I'm feeling more comfortable in this, female idea that I created. Um, and so there was a, there was a time where, you know, I didn't, I didn't go out and talk about it. I didn't like say anything about it. I just kind of took it inwards because I didn't want to make um, a, a mistake in a way, I guess would be the word. I think, I think that sounds a little more self-centered. Like I don't want to make a mistake. 
but it was one of those yeah but it was one of those things that i i went through that and and it allowed me to realize that i am non-binary I am neither or I'm, I'm neither and I'm also both. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I allowed myself to say, hey, I'm non-binary. I go by they, them, he, him, she, her. And a lot of people are like, well, so you go by everything. And I was like, yeah, well, whatever, whatever I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, identify myself that day as and whatever you feel like you, you want to call me. Like, actually, I don't think unless you call me it, I, I'm not going to be offended because I, for me, Gender is more of like a huge umbrella for me. So yeah, so I was able to find that. And we see a lot of drag queens who find that 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 journey and then they transition later on in life. So it's just one of those things where I think that you have to allow yourself as a human being to have those conversations with yourself about identity. And even though earlier I said, you know, it's complicated, who you are as a person doesn't change because your identity changes. Mm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense in my head. I'm not sure if it yeah. makes sense out loud, but yeah, absolutely. And like just the evolution of, you know, going through, cause I was like, oh, I'm a gay man. You know, <laughs> I like, I like just the means. Is. And then through drag, being able to explore my sexuality a little bit mm-hmm. um, and understanding that, okay, I like bisexual and pansexual interchangeably. Like, yeah. In my old brain, I'm like, those are the same thing. But I understand people who are like, no, those are two completely different things. And I can see, I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I use bisexual and pansexual interchangeably. Because in my brain, if you're talking about pansexual and trying to include trans people, then you can also say bisexual because a trans woman is a woman. A trans man I think, is a I man. I think the difference for me, the different, the way that I see those bisexual is too like you know where you have to choose not have to choose but you 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 like both genders both Mm. male and female regardless of transsexuality okay so if if you're trans woman then you're categorized as a woman if you are trans man you're categorized as a man so you still bisexual on that part but like there are other spectrums and there are other parts of the uh, sexual identity that are outside of, of just those two binaries, I guess would be the word. Um, yeah. So like for people who are non-binary, for people who are asexual, for people who are like different, different things. So like pansexual for me, is more of like a connection. If I can make a connection, regardless of your sexuality or that. your sexual orientation, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a connection with you. Now, do we think that some bisexual people, you know, without knowing are making connections with other people, which makes them bisexual? That's a different story. That's a different story for another day. But it's another podcast. Tune in next week. (laughs) But yeah, so it's just one of those things where, um, what now I completely understand when when, drag to me opens so much doors. Um, not only, not only like physical doors, because, you know, you have to get into a building, uh, but sorry, I was trying to make a joke. Uh, that was an awful dad joke. Alana said, I go into the, into the clubs and through the window. I'm so sorry. Uh, but, uh, it also opens psychological and mental doors where you are able to go inwards if you allow it, um, to, to change and to, uh, experiment and say, okay, so what is my identity? What is my sexual preference? What is, you know, like you just go through those avenues. Again, mm-hmm. avenues, not options, but avenues that you can take and enjoy the ride while the ride is good. And if you like it, you can stay on that journey. But if you don't, you can take another avenue and that is fine. You can take another um, track. Take another train, girl. There's there's a lot of stations in this, in this world. Well, and it's okay, like, to go back and forth. 
like Correct. be non be non-binary present masculine one day and then the next day completely feminine it's fine that fucks the world up though i that myth isn't it crazy up. though that, i don't is know it, why i and like i don't know it's like that's what's so hard about education is it's so binary mm-hmm. like mr m or miss so-and-so or da 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 and i understand that there are schools now that are incorporating um, non-binary teachers with their pronouns of mix. And I love that so much. It gives me great hope in the education system, Mm -hmm. but it's still like, especially in the South, very binary. So it's just hard when I wake up one day and I want to put on some eyeshadow and some eyelashes and just be a little extra glam. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, let me tell, let me tell you two stories. The first one is a personal story. Um, I worked at Sephora for a while and that is the best place to see both uh, reactions. Okay. So you have the reaction mm-hmm. of the patron who will love the fact that you're in full makeup, who loves the fact that you are expressing yourself through art and they go to you. They're like, you are the person, you know how to do this. You are the person I need you to help me find this lipstick, this eyeshadow, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then you have the opposite. You have the special here in the South. They see you. They avoid you. They try to walk the other way. No, you will. Men will not do my makeup. Um, and so that happened to me so many times where I was the only person in the store. And mind you, my Sephora, which I can talk about it now because I don't work there anymore. Not planning on going to work and back there into Sephora. But my Sephora was inside of a JC Penny. So imagine the clientele from JC Penny that would come in yep. and do that. But that that's one of the things that it's just like it's so polarizing to see those two people and like in jc penny you have the more con- con- conservative sorry mm-hmm. crowd that goes into just happen to walk into sephora because it's inside and it's just like like i'm the only person here i'm the only person who can help you and if you don't want my help you can go and do it yourself my second story is not mine um i'm sharing it but i'm not going to say who and where um it is a close friend of mine that works at a company that has um, non an, a, a very loose non-binary dress code, right? Um, so they they say they have a uh, inclusive um, what to call an inclusive uh, protocol. Mm. But if you want to wear this, you must wear this. If you want to wear a skirt, you must have your jacket on. If you want to wear this, like it's always a if you are assigned male at birth and you are non-binary and you want to wear a skirt, you must wear two male items it's really it's ridiculous it's ridiculous because it's like do you don't get to determine my non-binary so they're specifying your non-binariness according to their guidelines <laughs> i feel yes. like that's a lawsuit waiting to happen though. oh i, I think it is <laughs> that's why i can't say names i think it is but that's the thing and they call me and they were like i don't know how to proceed with this uh here's a letter the letter that i'm sending hr please read it and, and it breaks my heart because that person is almost like a child to me. And, and, and to see this and to see that one of my loved ones is going through this, that they cannot express who they are. It's just cringing and, and angering. And it's like, let people identify how they want to identify. It does not change your identity if they decide that they today they want to wear a dress or tomorrow. As long they want as to they wear come to work naked, what's the problem? And I don't mind that either. <laughs> I mean, girl, show me them titties. Uh, oh. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I think that, like I said, we live in such a polarizing time 
Um, and so you either are with or you are against it. I wish that we, we would, and I know, I know I have hope that we will get to a point where identity is not an issue, where, um, where pronouns are not an issue, where, mm. you know, it, it just happens. It's part of life. Like if you meet somebody, the first thing you say is, hi, what are your pronouns? And I'm sorry, I did not ask you what your pronouns were when we started this podcast. And I promised myself I was going to do that with every single one of my guests, but we are winging it. You can edit it and put it at the front and nobody will know. Let's try that. Let's try that. <laughs> and then I'll leave this in here because it'll show that we tried it. Okay. Okay. Today we're talking about identity and we have a special guest with us, Kalana Blue. Kalana, how are you? Welcome to Look Who's Tucking. And may I ask what your pronouns are? My pronouns are they, them. Come on, they, them, sis. How you doing, baby? (laughs) Me too. They, them right here. Okay, see that. um, I'm actually going to leave it in the middle. I think it's perfect. That's hilarious. Yeah, you should leave it right there. (laughs) Don't edit a um, thing. So um, as we wrap things up, because it's better if you wrap it, especially if you double wrap it, uh, and we will double wrap it today. I will wrap it, you will wrap it, and we will be safe. Be Ooh. safe, people. Be safe. Um, but as we wrap things up, what is one thing you can tell the young community, um, the future of tomorrow? I believe the children. That's all I can do without getting copyright. Um, but... <laughs> But who, what would you tell them about identity and, you know, what advice would you give them? It's a journey and let it be a journey. Because like I said, the person I am now is not the person I was when I started drag, both Kalana and like personally, Seth, like. (gasps) Mr. M. And like identifying, you know, slowly as non-binary and then accepting things can be more than that. And it's just, let it be a journey and don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to lean into that journey and see where it goes. Do lots of research. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if it is, try it out and see what happens. Um, Don't be afraid of the journey because you only get one journey. So have fun. Can I put some organ music in the background on this? I hate you so much. This is not an altar call, damn it. Um, I will play the tambourine. Uh, but for me, uh, and, and the advice that I could give, it's try everything. Try everything. Live mm. is an assorted Honestly. cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. Not an assorted cheesecake. <laughs> try every piece of cheesecake. Try every flavor there is. It does not hurt you to try the flavors. It allows you to recognize and to learn who you are. Because and if you like think Alana there's said, not a flavor out there, make there it. probably is. Make a it. Like you said, it's just one journey. You have one journey. You have one life. You are going to regret mm. not have had tried something that you, was in the back of your head that you wanted to do. You don't want to be on your deathbed and regret, mm-hmm. right? We don't know what's after this. We don't know what's, you know, many people have many different theories of what's going to happen. But if you don't try it, you won't know or you won't be able to say I liked it or I didn't like it. It's fine. <laughs> That's how I figured out I was pansexual. <laughs> Not trying to cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> cheesecake. 
these yeah days? so just just be open to change be open to trying different things thank you so much for being here with us today and talking about identity, identidad can you say ah. it with me identidad identidad put a little more bass to it identidad identidad oh my gosh mr am thank you so much for coming to look <laughs> who is Talking with Sharon Cox and our special guest today, Miss Kalanda Blue. Oh. Tell everybody where they can find you. Social media, Christian Mingle, wherever you are, tell everybody. Well, I got kissed, kicked off Christian Mingle, so you won't be able to find anything. <clears throat> Apparently, they don't like drag queens that look like real women. Um. <laughs> Not the Southern accent. <laughs> Uh, it's at Kalana Blue everywhere. It might be at Kalana underscore Blue on Instagram. Hell, if I remember, maybe I took the underscore out because it was too much. You, I, I made it when back when like it was the thing to put like the underscores in. and the little mm-hmm. yeah the little symbols mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now I may have taken it out. I don't know. Just if I honestly, if you start typing C O L A N A, it's gonna pop up. It That's was. what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Go ahead and spell it out for the children. They need to know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very unique. Thank you so much. podcast, Remember to let me know what you want to talk about. Let me know what topics you want to hear from the future. Email me at lookwhostuckin at gmail.com and I'll be sure to talk about what you want to hear. Bye-bye. <laughs>